This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connection with land, waters and culture. Colonisation and genocide are ongoing processes that are still happening today. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Ozpol Snackpod, the podcast that is kind of like edibles. Sometimes it makes you giggly, sometimes it makes you sleepy. That's right, we are the podcast that brings you bite-sized chunks of Australian news and politics with a side of crispy memes, and we are also the official group, official podcast of the Ozpol Shitbursting Facebook group. My name is... My name... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dear listener, we've just... This is our fourth take, I think. Maybe fifth. Uh... I don't know what's happening. Do not know what is happening today. Other it's, than it is boiling, boiling hot. Like Noon and I both record in like these claustrophobic little hot boxes. The hottest possible room in each of our the houses. Hottest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Entrapping as much sweat and stink as possible. And also, by the way, if you hear a little, that's just my homemade um, lemon iced tea. So don't be concerned. Don't be alarmed. It's just, uh, that's all part of the texture of the show now, apparently. My name is Zach Snack. With me, as always, is friend, confidant, and member of my inner sanctum. It's me, Noon. And Zach, I was trying to interrupt you while you were saying about iced tea to say that my fan is on. I'm going to turn that off, and listeners, you'll have a smooth audio experience. Oh, Spe- lovely. Speaking Excellent. of hot rooms. Um, I'll scat while you're, while you're busy. Hey, and he's back. Fantastic. Absolutely professional um, podcasting at both ends. I gotta say, fucking up saying your own name, like, that's really, that's, that's honestly, like, podcasting 101, we day one are. of podcasting school, the fundamentals, like, okay, let's just whip around the room, everybody say, my name is, and then say your name. <laughs> just, <laughs> Me repeatedly fucking up, like That's dropping right. my notes. Where's our Klesnonk and Noom? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, it turns out uh, I was going to complain or at least wheedle that we haven't had any new patrons this week, but this explains why. We fully get it. Yeah. No stress, yeah. guys. Um, it also explains why we got several patrons in the weeks when we didn't release any podcasts. Yeah. Yep. People, I think, were just um, relieved not to have to deal with this fucking bullshit. But anyway, Let's if get for whatever reason... Fucking bullshit. No, sorry, go on. You, <laughs> if for whatever reason you do feel compelled to give us as little as one Australian dollar a month in, in return for bonus episodes and, and whatnots, uh, you can do so over on patreon.com slash Snackpod. But in the meantime, uh, yeah, let's talk about some, some fucking bullshit. Can I offer you one of these, sir? No, no, take it away at once. These are our aperitifs, of course, the stories that we're not really talking about this week. And the first story that we're not really talking about is about Ben Robert Smith, famous war crimes hero and good friend of uh, Kerry Stokes, boss of Channel 7. Uh, Ben Robert Smith this week has Mr. Beaned his way to yet another humiliation in the courts. This time it it was over allegations that he made against his ex-wife, Emma Roberts, who is a witness for the defense in Ben Robert Smith's defamation trial against the Sydney Morning Herald. They published details of uh, all of his shady, extremely, extremely shady stuff and also, you know, his alleged war crimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Ben Robert Smith sued Emma Roberts, claiming that she had accessed confidential emails of his and the court found that this was, to use the legal term, Uh complete bullshit. Mm. Here's a quote from uh, the judge in the case. Once again, the inferences Mr. Robert Smith seems, seeks to have the court draw were based upon an incorrect and suspicious interpretation of what was being said, while Mrs. Roberts' response has been accurate, reliable, and credible, hmm. which I think sums it up. Yeah. Uh, eat shit, Ben Robert Smith. Also, as an unrelated but thematically similar side mm-hmm, note, mm-hmm. Christian Porter and his lawyer slash potentially ex-lawyer, Sue Christenthal, were ordered to, have been ordered to pay costs to Joe Dyer, right. who was a, an advocate... Uh, of the woman who accused Porter of rape. Dyer brought a case against Chris and Thau when she was representing Porter in his defamation trial against the ABC. It is very thematically appropriate, isn't it? Shitty defamation lot- cases, yeah. And a certain <laughs> yeah, being style of fucking human assholes. that bring yeah. them, yeah. Yeah, 
Anyway, the federal court found that Chris and Thau did have a conflict of interest in in uh, representing Porter in that defamation case, and now Porter and Chris and Thau have been ordered to pay four hundred thirty thousand dollars in costs well, good. to Joe Dyer, uh, which should help out with her upcoming uh, federal election campaign. Um, which is neither here nor there, but uh, I can definitively say eat shit Christian Porter. Agreed. All right, our next little sample on our snack platter of aperitifs is uh, that a Victorian police officer has been charged for assaulting someone in September last year. Uh, there was some guy at Flinders Street Station and a couple of cops were talking to him. And then uh, there was a video of this, uh, which went sort of viral, though I don't remember yeah. seeing it at the time, um, but I've watched it oh, this it's morning. Absolutely it's absolutely horrifying fucked yeah um yeah yeah this other cop comes up behind him grabs him and like trips him and throws him face forward into the ground um and then all of the other cops immediately join in arresting this guy because obviously they're terrible people um allegedly anyway that cop was stood down and has now been charged uh with several different types of assault uh not a huge amount more detail there i guess we'll hear more about it um see if the cops try really hard to uh, avoid giving him consequences or mm. if they cut him loose. Uh, I wonder. We shall see. Yeah. I, I do wonder. Uh, elsewhere in the news, uh, Scott Morrison continues his hot streak of telling easily dis disprovable bald-faced mm. lies uh, at every opportunity. Classic. This week, classic Scott, uh, 5D chess. This week claiming uh, that the people detained at the Park Hotel prison in Melbourne are not refugees. Mm -hmm. When in fact, of the 32 people being held there, 25 have been officially recognized as refugees, some of whom have been in detention for as long as nine years. Uh, but, you know, nice to see that even at a time of complete crisis and chaos across the entire country, the Prime Minister can give us a little reminder. Take a bit a of time out of his schedule. Of normality. Yeah. yeah. Just to remind us all, don't worry, you know, we've still got a callous, racist, liar Prime Minister leading a callous racist nation so mm. thanks thanks morrison for that one yeah um and last up is a very sad story about tonga which yeah, i'm sure most of our listeners have heard but last week a mostly underwater volcano to the north of tonga erupted um there was a huge dust plume that covered all of the tongan islands which included like raining stones and ash down on the people and polluting their mm. drinking water uh, it also caused tsunamis as big as 15 meters, um, oh. which put entire islands underwater, destroyed at least dozens of homes. Uh, there are three confirmed deaths in Tonga and um, many more injured or missing. Um, and the, the tsunamis went as far as New Zealand and Peru, and actually two people died in Peru because wow. of the tsunami, like halfway across the Pacific Ocean. Um, yeah. yeah, which is wild and horrifying um australia has committed one million dollars in assistance which according to my quick maths so you know obviously snack pod quick maths take it with a grain of salt but um it's roughly three hours worth of the tongan yearly budget um so obviously that's like a huge thing um according to a government statement supplies on the first flight to arrive uh included shelter materials hygiene supplies ppe for people clearing ash and water containers as well as communication equipment uh because um basically all of the internet in tonga is down there's been very little mm. ability to like hear what's going on um yeah. and australia has also sent surveillance flights over the tongan islands to assess the extent of the damage um, we also sent a flight with a positive COVID case on it that had to be turned around mid-flight. Um, Jesus. They'd had a negative rat test, and then while they were on board, I guess, the PCR came back showing it was a positive, so they, like, had to turn it around. Um, which... Wow, the way that COVID just gets in the way of fucking everything. Yeah, yeah. And, like, good. Like, obviously, it's good that that got caught and got turned around. Um, but, like, yikes. Um... New Zealand has committed half a million dollars, so we're giving twice New Zealand's contribution, but our economy is roughly 50 times larger. So, like, you know, monocle emoji. Look look at that one closely. Emoji, yeah. Um, both Australia and New Zealand have said that this is just the beginning of the money that they're going to contribute, so good. Um, we'll see how that continues to This is just the unfurl. first of many positive cases that we'll be sending. Yep. To Tonga. Yeah, yeah. Step it, step this shit the fuck up. That's 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 pathetic. Come on, we can do much much better than that. Yep. 
I mean, we don't need to remind people how woeful Australia's aid uh, budget is. But yep. Oh, yeah, there's such a good chance that at budget time, it'll turn out that this million dollars is coming out of our like regular aid budget so that we won't be sending as much money to Tonga as we would other. Reckon there's a pretty high chance of that. That's fucking depressing. Uh, why do we hear about something Get slightly some less depressing? Whiplash. Yeah, this is the rare actual good news positivity corner. Um, and shout outs to my dad for sending this one in. Um, it actually happened over our like summer break, and I meant to mention it last week, but I forgot. Big ups, Norm. Sending love out to the Norm Massive. Central Balmain. Yeah. Central Balmain crew. What's your postcode there? 2041. Yeah. 2041. The 4 1. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the good news is South Australia was sort of 100% powered by renewables for six and a half days in December, um, which is the first time anywhere in the country and potentially anywhere in the world that such a large grid has been powered by renewables for so long. Um, Sounds like good news to me. All of the articles are like very confusingly say things like more than 100% of their energy came from renewables. Um, and it took me like four articles for someone to explain how that maths works. Cause like, like they produced 120% of our energy consumption, or I think it was 101% on average for that week. Um, mm. it's like, how did you produce more energy that than you have? Um, but of course it's more than their demand. Um, more than they used. Yeah. Yeah. But, and here's where the sort of comes in. It's still a positivity corner. I'm not calling this a negativity corner, but it is a footnote. Um, these are averages, hence slightly more than and so on. But, uh, well, that's one of the reasons slightly more than. But it means that gas turbines were turned on for a few minutes here and there when the average, uh, sorry, when the actual amount being produced dropped below 100, even though the average was above 100. So Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Yeah. It, it, like this, you know... Basically, if we had more batteries, it would have been 100%. Yeah, which leads me to the next point. Um, there was an article from Renew Economy, a very biased but relatively helpful source. Um, it said this. In the past year, South Australia has averaged 62% wind and solar, a world-leading figure. In the past month, that share has jumped to 72%, mostly due to seasonal factors and mild weather. But also, the article goes on to explain that it's partly because of improved generation, uh, like the seasonal factors, but also because of a change in regulations, um, which happened in August. Oh. Uh, so this is some very niche electricity grid shit that I didn't know about, <laughs> uh, or I would have mentioned it because it's cool. Um, but in August, there are several new synchronous condensers uh, installed, and as I'm sure I don't need to tell you or any of our listeners, Zach, uh, Wikipedia explains that a synchronous condenser, also known as a syncon, is, quote, a DC-excited synchronous motor whose shaft is not connected to anything but spins freely. So, thanks, Wikipedia. Very cool. Um, basically, it's a mechanical no battery. No shaft connections. Yeah, it's the good shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> basically it's a mechanical battery um that can collect renewable energy and then feed it back into the grid thus eliminating the need mm -hmm. for gas turbines it's kind of like a flywheel but less silly um yeah i don't know if you know what a flywheel is but they're kind of silly um it's basically like a yo-yo uh anyway what, whatever it doesn't matter um so until August, the South Australia Energy Regulator had a cap of 1,300 megawatts being sourced from renewables. Um, technically, it's from non-synchronous sources, if you want to look up this shit, but it means renewables. Um, and in order to not go over that 1,300 megawatt limit, solar and wind farms have been forced to not collect a bunch of energy they could be collecting, or like to sell it that they could be selling. Um, this seems smart. Right. Like a smart strategy. Well, the idea is that they don't want to like over rely on renewables before they're ready and then have brownouts sure. or whatever, which sure. whatever. Um, it's a degree of sense. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, and so with the addition of four new syncons in August, that limit has now been just under double to 2,500 megawatts, which means that now South Australia solar and wind farms can actually operate at full capacity. And we're seeing the outcomes of that policy change in this December like week of producing more than 100% of the needs. So that's... Syncon, Stan Club. Hype, hype. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So, of course, one week in ideal conditions doesn't translate to like 100% renewables or net zero, like again this year or whatever. Um, but it's a huge step. And I think that South Australia is likely to get to net zero carbon electricity generation surprisingly soon. Question mark. Yeah. That's um, great. I mean, ev- everything you've said just now suggests that they are moving very quickly in the right direction. Yeah, they're making like sensible policy decisions at times when yeah. they have new like reason to change it. Um, shout out to the Liberal government of South Australia, I guess. Uh, Wouldn't go hmm. that far. Maybe there should have been a broken <laughs> clock segment. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll get them next time. Yeah. All right. What's up next? Uh, shout outs the wind and sun. What up? Okay. Weather. All right. Weather gang. <laughs> All right. Up next. You fucked up. And this week, uh, as really it could be every week, but especially this week, you fucked up goes to our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, as everybody knows and also has commented extensively upon Uh, As a suggestion to relieve some of the strain on Australia's buckling supply chain, Scott Morrison has suggested that uh, 16-year-olds be allowed to drive forklifts. Mm -hmm. And then everybody had a children in forklifts meme party. And then the states and territories said, no, we're not going to do the children in forklifts thing. Um, And I got a quote here from the Assistant Secretary of the Queensland branch of the CFMEU, uh, name of Jade Ingham, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think just kind of sums up the general vibe of the Mm -hmm. response. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What next? A return to children leading pit ponies into coal mines and sweeping chimneys? If there, I wonder if, if, if ever there were... <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I wonder if Jade had to look up pit ponies or if <laughs> she just like had that one ready to go as like a victory of Already labor organizing. In the chamber. Yeah. Um, I believe Jade, Jade Ingham goes by he, him just to Oh, I'm so sorry. I, Thank you. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm sure Jade will be okay. If ever there was any doubt that the Morrison Liberals view workers as nothing more than an expendable commodity to be used and discarded, this desperate brain fart should make clear their utter contempt for workers' health and safety. So that's the, you know, that was really the tenor of the response. And, you know, before we move on, we may, it may as well do a quick little whip round of some of our favorite meme responses. We do need to send a shout out to Morgan Little from the Mm -hmm, mm Oswald Shitposting Facebook mm -hmm. group. Uh, for their fantastic edit of uh, the Fast and Furious 9 poster, which mm-hmm. just said Fast 9-year-olds, uh, and a couple of forklifts on there. Yep. Very well done. Yep. Um, I also enjoyed Grace Tame's contribution on Twitter. Oh. As she did, like, um, sure you know, it's like the Wordle squares. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the shape of a forklift and then a little baby's head. <laughs> uh, emoji. In the pretty good. <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gave me a laugh, you know. Yeah. I think... Uh, her her tenure as um, Australian of the Year is up this week. Did um, she do a shoey? I know she uh, tweeted about it, but... Uh, I'm almost certain that she drank a beer out of a shoe. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, she's a woman of her word. Yep. Uh, and yeah, you know, many people have called her suggestion unpalatable, which is a truly Ospol snackpot worthy pun. Definitely. Uh, although ours would probably be worse and more laboured. Mm. Um, if and we then we'd make a second one. one that we would <laughs> repeat right at the start of the show to put everyone off. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so anyway, uh, the day after he suggested uh, the 16-year-olds driving forklifts thing, Scott Morrison withdrew the suggestion saying that National Cabinet, quote, we had a good discussion about that today and it is not something we believe collectively we should be pursuing at this mm-hmm. time. Which, uh, just got... Uh, good one. Yep. And, and thus was concluded uh, another impeccable round of 5D chess from the Prime Minister. He wins it nation... every time. Yeah. He never looks <laughs> There's no like way a for him to lose. Yeah. The nation successfully distracted for another day. Instead of criticizing the government, the public was. Um... Hmm. No, actually, hold on a second here. What, what were they doing? Yeah. Flaw, flaw in my analysis. Um, so, yes. Noon, you and I are both obviously forklift certified and you also have yeah. a driver's license for a regular car that is so true. Yeah, i think yeah, yeah. we're both <laughs> uniquely positioned uh, to get deep into the details of this safety yeah. concerns uh, at what age it's appropriate to operate machinery uh, we can get really mm-hmm. granular and specific mm-hmm. on the content and length of the high risk work license yeah. training program yeah yeah um that is something close to my heart 
Yeah, so. we could do that, but that's, I mean, it's already been litigated. We've already provided several expert quotes to multiple major masters. Yeah, on we this. did a whole hour-long special on it, what, like six months I think ago, we, seven months? We don't need to go over it again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, whether or not you think it's a good idea for teenage stoners to do sick donuts in load-carrying equipment, I think that we can probably agree that this is just another flavor of the same fucking plan that the Morrison government suggests almost every week, which is just throw fistfuls of workers at Omicron until the whole yes. thing fucking just blows over, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, preferably you know, vulnerable ones, or ones that we don't have to pay as much. I resent ideally. the massive overuse of the term thought bubble in the Australian media. I don't know if it happens elsewhere. I haven't really seen it in the US very much, but it, it's Would you annoying. prefer brain fart? <laughs> well, it's annoying because I feel like it's a pretty good term, and they've sort of ruined it. But, like, I, <laughs> brain fart, I think, works very well. And this, this was I mean, one. It's, he it's was a, like, it's an almost oh, word for supply word chain, uh, who are unemployed. Uh, two ideas come together, you know? I don't know. Yeah. And it, like, obviously wasn't specifically his idea. It came from someone in his staff. Sure. And people have been, you know, there's been a backlash to the backlash. Oh, no, it's actually a very sensible idea. Caleb Bond is very pro-children driving forklifts. Well, he would be. Uh, but he's probably and... in favor of the pit ponies, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, people should have the freedom to choose to do whatever work Child they want slavery. to, regardless yeah. of their age. Exactly. You know, let's, he's, he's breaking down barriers. And, yeah, you know, kids are allowed to drive cars and motorbikes and do already a whole bunch of other, you know, fairly dangerous work in other workplaces. Sure. But look... <laughs> As of said noon, we have already extensively discussed the details the about I'm not going to occupational go into health it and any safety further, but... and youth workers in warehouse yes, situations. Yeah. Exactly. But it's this, you know, it's really hard to not just see this as another version of like let international students work more, put welfare recipients yes. recipients on work for the Get doll, the reduce isolating in. con times for close contacts, like shovel more bodies into the fucking gaping maw of Omicron. Let's do it. And like this forklift suggestion itself was part of a bundle of suggestions that Morrison brought to National Cabinet. Another one of which was encouraging state governments to remove requirements for workers to have daily rat tests. Yep. Except in like health and aged care. And it's like, that's just the same idea again. It's like, just it's let just more all... people catch it or let us close yeah, exactly. our eyes more. Like, yeah. Uh, so I can't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm being um, obtuse or oversimplifying here, but this forklift suggestion reads like exactly the same thing. It's not about whether or not 16-year-olds should be allowed to drive the forklifts. Mm -hmm. I'm not going <laughs> to refuse to voice an opinion on that. All right, but Zach, uh, there's beyond... another very important issue for us as leftists to discuss mm -hmm. on this. There's some more discourse that I, I'm not sure you're oh, going to great. address, okay. and I think it's important. Well, you did but... kind of address it through sarcasm, but maybe I'd like you to I'd like to draw it out a little more. Um, right. The, several people in shit posting and on Instagram have said that, like, by spending time on criticizing Morrison about this, we're failing to criticize him about other things. And, you know, people use the term dead cat uh, to describe this kind of 5D chess maneuver. Mm. Do you think that paying attention to this issue reduces our ability to engage with other, perhaps more important issues? Uh, look, I don't think so. There's two kind of elements to that question, right? One is sort of at an individual level, and another is at, like, a collective level. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but... The national conversation. You know, in, or, you know the discourse, whatever. <laughs> and that's, I think, probably what people who are saying that are getting at, being like, if you're spending, you know, if all of the conversation everywhere on the internet, which really, I think, pretty exclusively means a fairly narrow section of Twitter, but that's neither here nor there. Sure. If people are all they're doing is making memes about children driving forklifts, <laughs> then they're not making memes about the Morrison government completely abdicating their responsibilities for the health and safety of the population. But, or but, are I mean, we? The, hmm. Well, that's Ooh. the thing. I mean, like hmm. the 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 angle that I've like attempted to try and take when discussing this story is 
you know, look, trying to this look slightly at the bigger picture. This is a health issue. Yeah, and it, really trying to contextualize this as part of, you know, a very predictable uh, approach to trying to solve supply chain issues or any kind of corona-related issue, which is just like, oh, let's put people who are slightly easier to exploit in working positions that have been rendered vacant by people mm -hmm. having to isolate or being sick. Yep. Or leaving their jobs because they don't want to fucking isolate or get sick. Yeah. Yeah, and the other, but you know, my other major response to that is it's okay to have fun. It's mm -hmm. okay to have a laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's I think it's all right to recreational have a meme posting. Huh? Wow. I think it's I think it's okay. What, you think I it's think... okay for people to have fun on the internet, Zach? You don't think I, that's, that's just like I... inviting the libs to win? I don't want to get cancelled. <laughs> I don't want to get cancelled too much here, but um. <laughs> I think that no, I mean, I honestly, I, and look, and I get, I get the impulse. Sure. When you know, people are like, you're looking around, and, like the country is in in the shit right now. Yeah. Things are falling the fuck apart. Vulnerable, vulnerable people are more at risk than they have ever been at any stage throughout this pandemic. Yep. Supply chains are falling apart. We don't even have enough toilet paper for for people to fucking have fist fights about in the supermarket anymore. It's just the fist fights can't even get started. So it's like, I get people looking at all that and then seeing forklift memes and being like, guys, this is the forklifts are not the issue. The forklifts are not the issue here. Yeah. This is about drawing a line in the sand. <laughs> um, you know, and, but, and yes, there is other stuff that we could be yeah. talking about. But look, people need a little bit of both. I think people yeah. need to be able to make a little meme or two. Oz criticizing Paul the prime minister, having a laugh about shit it. Posting. And yeah, you need a little shit posting. To a go with the Ozpol, yeah. To make to help the Ozpol go down. A spoonful so, yeah, of forklifts, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but I do, I will say that yeah, I mean the the depth that people can go to at the drop of a hat on something such as as specific as fucking forklift certification is pretty mind boggling to me. Like by the time I'm learning about the forklift thing, there's already like hundred comment uh, threads on Twitter. Basically, people being like, no, two days isn't long enough. We need a three-day, or actually three days, the average. Blah, blah. I was like, where are you people getting this information? I don't know. Um, so perhaps in uh, you know, the short answer to your question is maybe I'm not the guy. Maybe, maybe I'm not the person to ask. Maybe once you get your license. Yes, yes, true. Your, your regular um, car license. I mean, obviously, the, yeah. you've got the forklift. Yeah. All right. I owe you a huge lifelong debt of gratitude for the cumulative hours that you have spent driving me around, picking my stuff up, helping me move house, just no worries, me man. at appointments, etc., etc. Yeah, and, yeah. No, and that's the way that you do it with such, uh, you know, the generosity of spirit with which you approach helping me out is truly, it warms the cockles. All right. Well, I guess we know who it is that's getting cancelled from this segment. Then, cool. Uh, why do we move on now? Uh, Let's do that. I'll just hop in your car and you can drive us on to the next segment. Yeah. Okay. So this is our uh, First Nations segment, and you know, Invasion Day is coming up on January twenty sixth. Um, boo! Boo! Yeah. Um, and take we boo. thought it would be good to, you know, let you know how you can get involved either from home or in real life. Um, so, unfortunately, I am going to start with, like, Australia Day. Um, and this is just for Melbourne because, you know, I'm a soy latte sipper who doesn't know what's going on in... East Coast supremacists. Any other... Yeah, Victorian wait, par it's going to get East Coaster later on. But um, uh, I don't know what other cities do to for Australia Day. But very briefly, the Melbourne parade has been cancelled. And I have here a quote from a really shockingly bad right-wing article written by a regular contributor to The Spectator, apparently named Flat White. Um, which is definitely uh... a dog whistle. Um, a, a racial dog whistle. Just, uh, why don't you, Zach, could you get your pickliest voice ready and um, oh, wow, okay. blast right. out this Wait. quote for me? Let me get into character. Okay. Like maximum pickle, straight out of I'm the jar. I'm 12 years old. My hair is concreted to my scalp with three liters of hair gel. I'm fresh out the jar. Yep. You have a master's in economics. <laughs> I am fully marinated. Okay, here we go. 
Last year, the Victorian government dubiously cancelled their Australia Day parade due to COVID. It was an unpopular decision that fueled civil bitterness towards Premier Daniel Andrews and his government, who were quite rightly accused of playing politics with public health orders. Ooh. Melbourne City Council has cancelled the Australian Day parade again. Only this time they admit it's definitely political. No, 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 not at all. A short acting, Jesus Christ, I'm struggling to keep this up. A You're short acting great. premiere to Cinder Allen confirming the cancellation had nothing to do with COVID. This has got everything to do with how, as a community, we choose to mark the day differently. By differently, Alan means not at all. <gasps> not to worry. The Invasion Day Dawn service and Invasion Day rally are set to go ahead, although they don't sound particularly inclusive <laughs> or <Aww>, fun. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> inclusive. Bravo. They didn't sound particularly inclusive or fun. And it's Woo! inclusive that's in inverted an, commas fantastic. and then all I, fun in brackets. It's beautiful use of typography to that, communicate a mood. Where the fuck did you find this? I... Why Googled you, it. it. Flat White has a lot of articles. This is the Spectator, you say? Yeah, and I decided... Not, is that right, the Spectator? Yeah, yeah. Um, Holy d- moly. Uh, I popped a fucking blood vessel doing that voice. I want you guys to know. <laughs> I, I feel bad. I got another quote that isn't... It's just the worst bit of an article. I don't know if we should read it out loud, but... I, I, Go on. Uh I have We've written this God, there's so much more of this article. Yeah, so. <laughs> At least Victoria is no longer hiding behind the banner of public health to further its anti-Australian regime that appears determined uh. to make Australians of European descent feel guilty about their identity and the legacy of their ancestors. Oh, yeah, flat white. Huge race dog whistle going on wow. there. Like. I wouldn't even call that. That's not a dog. That's just a whistle. It's, it's. That's just flat a shout. White. Yep. It's a, that's a. It's got the got a referee's whistle just honking on it. Yeah. Willy nilly. Yeah. <laughs> by ref ref whistle impersonation. Um. Okay, but to get back to the point at point at hand here, he is of course wrong about the Invasion Day rally going ahead. It's not going ahead because of COVID concerns. Mm. Um, the dawn service will happen, but uh, attendees online. So that's for Nam slash yeah. Melbourne. Um, and uh, in Ngambri Ngunawal or Canberra, the Aboriginal Tent Embassy is having a three-day online conference. So you can go and see talks and exhibits and stuff online. Um, and they're welcoming people in person on the 26th uh, to show solidarity. And then in Warang in Sydney, there's a march starting at Town Hall, uh, sorry, at Town Hall at 10 a.m. And here's where the East Coast supremacy comes in. I'm not going to say the rest of the things that are happening in the rest of the country, uh, continent, I should say, especially in this context. Uh, the majority of our listeners are in those three cities. So I'm really sorry if you're not there. Uh, but there are a bunch of other events going on, including in those three cities. Um, so I'm going to link three articles, one from NITV one from Junkie and one from Friends of the Earth that have great lists of things that you can do at home on the internet or in real life and causes that you can support. Um, and they're updating those regularly as more events are like listed or whatever. Um, cool. So, Thanks yeah. Thanks for partially taking us through that, Noon. No worries to all of those people in major cities of the East Coast except Brisbane. <laughs> Why don't we kind of move on to our next segment, Let's shitpost of the week. And it's kind of the same segment because, of course, we can't mention Invasion Day without mentioning Kira's January tradition of producing absolute fire original content. (laughs) Um, Kira, of course, the admin and creator of Beautiful, Talented, and Deadly. Go check out their shit on Twitter and Insta and Facebook. They make literally some of the best memes on the internet so it's it's true mm. it's always a pleasure like you just see them their, their memes pop up in people's stories completely and, other and brand yeah yeah i'm just like hey i know kira yeah and it's it's like you get you just get to bask in the glow of their <laughs> of their fame absolutely uh, okay, so first up, this one, it's been a, a format that's been doing the rounds recently, of which I strongly approve, um, and it's the 
Seinfeld episode where um, uh, Crane, uh, there's a chicken shop opposite their Roy Rogers. Block. Roy Rogers, no shit. So I yeah. should have got that rap lyric. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's disappointing. Okay, it's so a Roy Rogers, Roy Rogers chicken shop, um, and they have a bright red neon logo, and it's like shining through Kramer's window and makes him live in a fiery red hell. And Jerry knocks on the door, and Kramer opens it, and it's all like you know lit in red. And Jerry's like, "What's going on in there?" And then there's a, a thing, and then Kramer says, "It's blah blah blah, Jerry." Um, and so this one, it's a picture of an Invasion Day rally. And you know, what's going on in there? Picture of Invasion Day rally. It's called Invasion Day, Jerry. There's no pride in genocide. Um, it's, good. it's a good one. It's good. Man. I have to correct myself. It's Kenny Rogers Roasters. Wow. Not Roy Rogers Chicken. The and Rogers I had this conversation brothers. with Holly the other day. She was explaining to me because I was like, what episode is that from? And she was like, oh, it's the one with uh, Kenny Rogers Chicken. And I was like, um... I, I think, think you, you mean, mean Roy Rogers Roy chicken. Rogers. And, well, I feel justified. <laughs> and now, in... God, ah, oh, God, I'm never going to hear the end of this. I can't believe I had to eat shit on air about this. God damn it! Amazing. This is completely a, a situation of my own confection as well. I mean, you have the power to edit it out. <laughs> I, but I could, I can't in, in it's all true. good conscience and integrity. Yeah. Deny Holly the the sweet taste of, <laughs> of your L. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. All right. Uh, you have a couple of other ones here. For I do. Know. Yeah. You want to tell us about one of them? Yeah, there's uh, this format here, which is uh, another good one. Squidward in bed looking upset and concerned. <laughs> and out the window, you can see SpongeBob. I don't know what he's doing, but I think he's dancing in a hat. Um, sure. Squidward is labeled us while COVID runs wild. And out the window, SpongeBob is Scott Morrison. Kids should be able to drive forklifts. <laughs> yep. Uh, on the same note, I guess this wasn't an Australia Day one. Fuck, I just got a, a, a collection of Kira memes, but fuck it, you know, we're here now. <laughs> hey, I mean, d- shit double shit posts. Week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, supply chain worker shortage uh, due to poor management of a pandemic. Scott Morrison, best I can do is kids get to drive forklifts. It's good. <laughs> and then the the classic Mingles format. Yep. Um, the burn book, and inside is a picture of Captain Cook. <laughs> this man is a lying poxy dog. He didn't discover shit. <laughs> yeah. With a little uh, purple X's over his eyes. Very nicely done, mm-hmm. Kira. Uh, ship poster extraordinaire. We are big fans. Lifelong fan. Amen. All right. Well, uh, shall we move on? Yeah, let's. Hey, man, I got some more beers. Oh, uh, I don't know if I can drink anymore. I'm feeling kind of sick. No, come on. We're having another round of Coronas. Ah, the sting that everyone loves. Uh, preceding stories news. that yeah. everyone loves. Yeah. Um, so, a couple of COVID things to talk about this week. First up, going to mention uh, the Western Australia situation. So, let me mm-hmm. try and offset a bit of that East Coast supremacy. Nice. If I can. Please. I'm so sorry, Western Australian listeners. We do love you, I promise. Uh, Western Australia's borders were supposed to open to the rest of the country. On the 5th of February, this was a date set by Premier Mark McGowan Mm -hmm. in December last year. Mm -hmm. And people are probably aware, but Western Australia has basically had a hard border for the majority of uh, the pandemic, um, which we have kind of periodically talked about, but usually only in the context of Clive Palmer eating shit about it. Trying to um, get through it in ridiculous ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the federal government was also um, opposed to it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So any, but anyway, uh, yeah. So that hard border, which has been up for the better part of two years, was set to come down week after next. But this week, Mark McGowan said that the border is going to stay closed indefinitely, and there is no real suggestion as to when it's going to be reopened. So the rationale for this, as you can imagine, is Omicron. The old date was based on modeling of the Delta strain sure. of coronavirus. Uh, Omicron is a whole different ball game as we all know too well. Um, the one sort of factor that McGowan has pointed at as being a potential marker for when they might reconsider opening up is uh, third dose vaccination rates okay. getting up to like 80 or 90%. At the, at, at the moment, they're only at about 25%, which is mm-hmm. give or take roughly where the rest of the country is at as well. So um, yeah, by the way, uh, that... The, the interval between your second and third dose has just come down to three months yep. uh, in Victoria, and I'm pretty sure it's that 
small elsewhere in the country as well. Go get your booster if you haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did the other day. I it booked took mine. Me less than an hour in and out. You know, I've, obviously I live in a major city, but you know, many of our listeners also do. So anyway, this decision to keep the border up has received widespread criticism. Um, the ABC, the Sydney Morning Herald, and the West Australian are all running basically the same story, but about different families who had planned to move to Western Australia, but can't now. Okay. Which, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, sure, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, that 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 would suck, but, I mean, at the very least, this is kind of lazy journalism. But it's quite an interesting flip from a lot of the previous coverage. Um, you know, we talked about the ABC's coverage about a year ago, uh, I think it was last Valentine's Day when West Australians were writing like in- extraordinarily oh, to Mark horny, yeah, yeah, all these horny posts and <laughs> Valentine's Day cards to Mark McGowan, basically being like, "Thank you so much for locking us down." And most of the stories about it were like, "West Australians love Mark McGowan and his yeah. hard border." And I guess. There is something kind of funny <laughs> in that. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, look. Everyone's the, the a Freudian, fam- uh, an anti-Freudian until they make a slip on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, not me slip. Anyway. The, people not being able to move to Western Australia and being sort of rendered effectively homeless because they've sold their house, that fucking sucks. Families who haven't seen each other for two years... Mm-hmm. You know, and we're planning to to reunite in person and have been able to, that fucking sucks. People who haven't been able to see loved ones who are really unwell. You know, that, that shit is all really, really rough. But we have to consider the flip side of this, you know, and it's kind of hard in this context with COVID being what it is. It's hard to imagine the perfect policy position on this. Mm. Like, either way, you're kind of causing pain and obviously... You know, McGowan and the Labor government have chosen the the route that they think is going to result in less actual death, which, mm. like, is a position that I find hard to disagree with, especially when what we're experiencing right now in Victoria and similarly mm. in New South Wales and soon in Queensland as well is the result of basically uh, a wiping the slate clean of, you know, all but a few minor restrictions aimed at trying to curb the spread. and. You know, two, three months ago, I didn't know anybody personally who had had COVID. And now it's, it's uh, yep. you know, it's torn through half my social circle. Mm-hmm. You know, th- like, so, you know, the, I mean, the other, and the other thing to think about here is that McGowan made this decision based on advice from the chief health officer, which other states have just kind of stopped doing, in, yeah. you know, at, at a, in a general sense, especially in New South Wales. I mean, Kerry Chan is very, it's like, openly fucking pissed off at the government about that um but yeah i guess the other kind of complicating factor in this whole thing is you know borders generally opposed to them Mm. don't seem like a good idea you know as like this they're, they're completely confected illegitimate constructs especially on stolen land like this continent uh but you know like Again, COVID being what it is, like I, I don't know what else I would recommend sure. the Western Australian government do in this situation. Opening up doesn't seem wise at all yeah. to me. You know, like I genuinely wish that we had stronger leadership on this in Victoria, and I wish I was seeing it in the other eastern states. And you know. Maybe that wouldn't need to necessarily take the form of a of no one in or out. Yeah, yeah. But yep. we're but at the moment we've got you know next to nothing, nothing. else. So yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Fair if you live in Western Australia, I'd be keen to hear you know mm. how you mm. feel about this. You know, the, the, a lot of the news reports focusing on people being like, "Oh, we got vaccinated. You told us we were going to open up once we got to this vaccination rate. Now you've betrayed us, and we feel let down, and like we've wasted the last two years." But um. Like I say, I feel like the coverage is pretty biased on this because, you know, people who are anti-lockdown are the business community. Like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, mo- there's a lot of negative uh, commentary from, yeah, business leaders, 
and the heads of tourism like bodies and, that's, and that kind of stuff. BCA, yeah, it's been yeah, you know, yeah. which is a very uh, Morrison slash liberal government esque approach of like, yeah, people might get sick and die. But think about the financial cost the to us and them not dying. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit sort of the economy. Anyway, if if you have strong thoughts or feelings about this, uh, maybe send us a potluck. Record a minute or so of audio of yourself um, with your hot take. Send it to contact at ospolsnackpod.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Elsewhere in COVID news, uh, let's refocus on the the one really important state, Victoria. This week, yep, yep. Victoria has uh, the Victorian government called a statewide Code Brown emergency alert, which is um, you know an alert used for acute health crisis situations. Previously, it's been activated during the Black Saturday fires, for example, or. You remember a couple of years ago, there was that thunderstorm which caused a mass asthma event? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was My one of the other... Was... got by it. Yeah, mm. uh, just so kind of random and intense. But that was one of the other um, situations that this right. Code Brown was activated. So essentially what this means is that uh, hospitals have a couple of extra levers that they can pull in order to uh, deal with the massive influx of COVID patients. So they can postpone healthcare workers leave is one of the main things they can do. Okay. They also have, um, the ability to redeploy staff and patients to either different like areas within the hospital or to different sites, depending on, you know, where the kind of greatest need is. And also non-essential services can be postponed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but the, the, this, Code Brown is usually activated for situations that are like very, very, um, you know, responsive, like, and like it usually only lasts for like a day or two. Or whatever, sure. Yeah. But in this case, it's being activated for four to six weeks mm. uh, because Victorian authorities expect cases to surge over the next couple of weeks and for us to really hit our peak um, in mid February, which is an eye watering proposition. And I imagine that. Uh, things are looking fairly similar in New South Wales, um, you know, with other states kind of being on a timeline slightly behind us, Queensland particularly coming to mind. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the reason for this is... <laughs> you're laughing at Eastern States? Yep. <laughs> it's all... It's not very funny, but... I mean, we're just the most fucked at the moment, is yeah, the other... Yeah, <laughs> You know, we're in the news because... You know, normally we'd be in the news because we're because of uh, Eastern state supremacy, but now it's whatever the opposite of that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the reasoning for this is obvious. Case numbers are way the fuck up. Hospitalizations are really, really high. We're, you know, we're, we're clocking over 1,200 hospitalizations at the moment, which is like, yeah. I mean, the stress on the system is, is incredible. And of course, on top of that, you've got literally thousands of hospital staff who can't work because they either have COVID or they're isolating. And so the health system is is at breaking point. Mm. And this seems to be one of the few levers that the government can pull. Um, the state government can pull in this situation. Um, and other than say reintroducing masks, for example, sorry, let me rephrase. One of the few levers that the state government is allowing themselves to pull yep. on this. Yep. Um, which is, yeah, pretty fucking frustrating. I mean, very early on in the pandemic, before things started really getting out of hand here in Australia, we spoke about the idea of triage. We spoke about the idea of uh, the health system being overloaded and what that was going to mean for vulnerable people. Because when hospitals can't treat everybody who comes mm. to them, then they have to start making decisions. And usually they're going to be making those decisions based on their idea of who is most likely to survive. Yep. And you start to get some pretty fucking disturbing results when decisions like that have to be made. And really, that is like, that was really the one fucking thing that we wanted to avoid throughout all of this. We've said it before, the lockdown was supposed to be to prepare the health system, right? It, it literally gave us two years to like yep. triple our med student intake, uh, bring in experts from overseas, pump funding in for ventilators, like, build new ICU wards, but instead, forklift baby? Yeah, that's that's what we get. Like, just, just send more people into the broken system as it currently exists. And this Code Brown measure feels a little bit like more of the same, really. Like, yep. there, you know, there, there's no... Uh, 
there's nothing in this code brown that that actually involves even getting more healthcare workers into it except just overworking just the like ones who are already in there and, and who are already who overworked. are already being yeah already yeah. being worked into the fucking dirt because yeah. the last week especially has been incredibly intense and i think the other thing to consider about this is that you know i've re- tried to do a bit of reading about this and i'm ha- more than happy to be corrected by a listener but i think it's unclear how much this is even really going to help because this is a you know a, a measure that's designed for use in like i said for one or two day periods usually well sure you know it's over going six to weeks drive a bunch of people to leave the industry right like that seems the well, obvious yeah. thing. Or, or, either in the next yeah. four to six weeks or a month after that when they're like terminally burnt out like yeah and that's all that's already happening of course and then you know i mean imagine being at this stage in the pandemic as a nurse or a doctor yeah and uh and having your fucking leave cancelled you know you've been yep. working like you know seven days around the clock for weeks months and <laughs> now now you get your fucking leave cancelled i mean i would be seriously considering resigning in that context the thing is <sighs> They tend to be good people who care about their patients, uh, and that's how they that's get how you. That's how they get you. That's yeah. how they get you. Yeah, and I mean, I think you're right, New. Like, you know, ultimately, things getting to this point. You know, yes, there's a certain extent to which the virus is unpredictable, and things are going to be bad in a pandemic, yep. right? But yep. what we're always talking about is what could have been done better, what should be happening. Mm-hmm. You know, how can how can the the uh, absolute maximum amount of people be protected and cared for and it seems like not only you know most australian citizens and definitely the people of victoria but the healthcare workers the healthcare system mm. have been completely let down not just at a state level but at a federal level as well and it's yeah it's really fucking hard to watch it's really really grim and uh, you know it seems like we're kind of you know, this a code brown is is a knee jerk, short term, immediate response when what needs to have been happening it was is a long term policy. A long term like... policy, and but as you say, Noon, they've had the time to prepare that, and clearly, um, you know, what we're we're, we're seeing the results of them failing. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I think, I guess the, the yeah the takeaway from this story for me was you know how undervalued healthcare workers are and how underfunded public health care is and how completely our governments have abdicated their responsibility for our safety and yeah it kind of makes me feel a bit like i'm losing my fucking grip on reality um but isn't that covid it's a, isn't a that, fun isn't COVID time does? for everyone yeah I'm sorry, I wish I had um, something neater to tie that story up with, but uh, I think yeah. that's what I'm going to have to leave you with. Um, shall we move Wrap on? Wrap up now? the show? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. If you want a podcast, you gotta do a lot of shit. That's not technically podcasting, you still gotta do that shit. Please follow us on all of the social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, at OzPolSnackPod, because that's a hitherto unsaid combination of words. Um, so we got all of them very easily. We got the SEO on luck. Please, when we were looking up names for the show, we did search, and there were some snack pods that you could buy, like little lunch kind of mm. pods. Um, I think it's just us now, so sorry, that business. Um, please support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash OzPolSnackPod, as Zach sort of vaguely mumbled about in his extremely coherent <laughs> introduction. If you give us a dollar each month, you get a bonus episode, uh, about all sorts of different things. Uh, this month is going to be... to me being unfairly roasted in a completely different context. <laughs> you listen to me getting Kenny Rogers roasted. Oh yeah, you were the one who got roasted in this episode. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he could give it, but he can't take it back. You know, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> all is well in Rude. the snack port duopoly. Rude. It's fine. Don't worry, everybody. Uh, leave us a review as well, please. Uh, rating five stars. You can do it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And in fact, we have a new review, Zach. 
You've been giggling about it for like a solid five <laughs> or six days now. <laughs> when I came across this, my eyes just lit up. We got a one-star review uh, maybe a month or two ago, and we very specifically made a request on the show. Yep. We yep. said, you want to give us a one-star review? That is your prerogative. Absolutely don't fine. don't be a fucking coward about it. Yeah. Just leave the one-star rating and don't write anything. Okay? You need to give us some feedback. You need to give us something to work with. And yep. this week... We got something to work with. We got something to work with. This review is titled Echo Chamber. Strong star. One star. One star. Vacuous, self-gratifying commentary with strong True. emphasis on identity politics and identitarian critiques of hashtag Ospol. Debatable. <laughs> no material addition to the mainstream news cycle. Fair. Yeah, job. Yeah. With uncritical chatter from educated people who Ooh. therefore think they know best, but the reality is they should know better. Probably Greens voters. Touché. Elitist swine who posit communitarian ideals. <laughs> also touché. You know, it's 50-50. Uh, I mean, you know, I think this, this person, like... Yeah, it's like, you know, right up until the last two sentences, I'm like, oh, boy, they really got our number. And then they really just show their ass with probably Greens voters, elitist swine who posit communitarian ideals <laughs> yeah it's at that point new, like, you were like this was copy pasted in every left-wing australian <laughs> news feels, podcast they could find it feels a little bit like that like it feels a little bit depersonalized you know yeah yeah like i think our chatter is at least moderately critical i would agree I, i'd say that we aim to be critical we're probably I think- biased i guess I, would, I mean, we're we have extremely left biased views. We do um, have a, to... a climate change addicts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we are potentially uncritical of the things that um, this reviewer wishes that we were critical of, and vice versa is potentially the problem here. But anyway, like what Daniel do you Andrews. expect from elitist swine who posit yeah. communitarian ideas? Yeah. Thank you very much, Ebo03, for the review. Hell yeah! Um, Shoutouts. We hope that uh, we catch you in the next episode, and uh, and we can maybe bring that up to a two. Um, happy to workshop it with you. <laughs> the identity politics is staying, but identitarianism, I could take or leave. So, yeah, you know, let us know what agreed. you would like on that front. We can see if we can. There's room to ping pong, to tic tac, you know. We can definitely, we can Flip do a little. Have, have, we, can, we can have a little back and forth on this. Yeah. Don't feel like this is a closed book, okay? This is an open There's book. more to come in this yeah. book. Yeah. There's point where we're you know we're only at chapter three maybe four. But also, if you like the show, you can give us a better chapters. review than one star. Um, we also welcome that. If you're also an elitist swine who posits communitarian ideals or appreciate the communitarian ideals that we posit, leave us a review. And here's the thing about leaving a five star review: I'm going to make it really easy for you. You don't even have to leave us. You don't have to write anything. You can just give us the we're five stars. We're not mad and bounce. if you get nothing from the five stars. It's only the one no. stars that we like demand a written explanation. Yeah, which I think is fair. I agree. You know, you've got to give a little to get a little. Anyway. Now it's time for a pub game. I sweat it. Yeah. There is, I, there's no way to wash this chair that I'm sitting on. Like this. The roughly two to three liters of sweat that has rolled off me during this recording setting is just in there permanently now. You know, and it's very porous as well. It's actually related to my pup date, which is that oh, bagel what, tell it's me. live up to the minute pup date. Bagel is ridiculously hot, and I would like to finish the show quickly so I can go and give him a splish splash in his pool. Fair enough. So why don't you give us your pup date quickly as well, while listeners imagine a little splish splash on a hot boy. <laughs> Speaking of Freudian, um, well, yeah, this week Noon came around to my house in person, physically, which rarely yeah. happens. Yeah. And I made us a couple of personal-sized pizzas. They were delicious. And we watched the movie 2025, A Not World delicious. Enslaved by a Virus. Yeah. Bad, bad film. That, dear listener, is going to be the subject of this month's bonus episode. So if you're not already signed up to the Patreon and you'd like to hear us... Talk about this absolutely awful fucking film that we, for some damaged. reason, watched. Uh, you can do that. In the process of Noon coming around to my house eating pizza and watching the film, he, of course, had to hang out with Dante, and I had have to. never seen... Quote, unquote, had, had to. 
Well, yeah, he wouldn't have had it any other way. That's true. You, you I did have, have to. I just to also was into wanted it. to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Dante was very, very into it. I have never seen him turn on the charm for someone the way that he turned it on. Really? The moon. No, That's like that was sweet. that was ridiculous like he was rolling over on his back and like fully rolling his body completely onto noon and just being like have you ever seen the cutest boy it might happen to just be me <laughs> and like just he like said set- sitting up then like sitting up directly next to noon's head and just licking his ear basically <laughs> constantly he wasn't licking it he was sniffing it very extensively and i enjoyed it immensely uh as did seemingly absolutely <laughs> shameless behavior from my dog and i was i honestly i i was outraged i was like where, where is this energy when we're hanging out just the two of us you should you know? see bagel when lewis comes over he's like a saint <laughs> he's like you know gandhi and jesus and the buddha all had a child that's lewis <laughs> that's how i describe him to people yeah that's true Bagel That's and just, I are on the yeah. same wave. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for tuning in, listeners. Um, uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. One other benefit of being a $1 a month supporter on Patreon is that you get on our Discord. And I've started taking notes on the bad puns that we think about for the episode titles. And I will post them intermittently in the Discord. Um, so you can enjoy our deeply embarrassing... Uh, brainstorming session. This wasn't embarrassing enough for you. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we will catch right. you next week for more news and we'll have more views. And um, in the meantime, uh, keep on snacking in the in keep on snacking in the free world. Being healthy brings happy heart and beauty. Crunch, 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 crunch.